This is Shi'ar Jashub, which in Hebrew means, A remnant shall return. Hi, this is Patty Scalzo, and I would like to welcome you today to our Bible study broadcast from the Church Fellowship of Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. My husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, is currently teaching an in-depth series entitled Heavenly Authority. So let's go right into the Sunday service and listen as Pastor Greg ministers the Word. Okay, last time in our study we saw how Samson defeated the 1,000 Philistines, how the bonds were melted from his hands and how the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him and how using the fresh jawbone of the donkey, he defeated the 1,000 Philistines. And a donkey, especially a domesticated donkey, can be to its owner an obedient, a loyal servant. But sometimes they can be stubborn animals, especially the wild donkey. Uh, And so that jawbone, as Samson's slaying the thousand with that jawbone of the donkey, it's symbolic of Samson himself. Because Samson is a servant of the Lord, but in some areas he's a very stubborn man. He's a man with a wild streak. But God will still use him as an instrument to deliver Israel from the Philistines but it will mean Samson's death, even as that jawbone is from a dead donkey. Uh, It says in chapter 15 of Judges, verse 20, after this incident, it says, And he judged Israel 20 years in the day of the Philistines. So he was a leader in Israel for 20 years. We'll pick up today in Judges chapter 16 and verse 1. Verse 1. Now Samson went to Gaza. That's the more usual pronunciation of the past. Today we say Gaza, the Gaza Strip. Samson went to Gaza and saw a harlot there, and he went into her. Now again you have Samson's sin. And you know that even with all his great strength and the boldness of personality he showed with the Philistines, He's really a very weak character. He's weak when it came to women. Uh, He's weak especially when it comes to pagan women. We saw how he took his wife from the Philistines, even though it was against the law. And now here at Gaza, one of the five principal cities of the Philistines, he sees another pagan woman, and he goes to her, and this time she's a harlot. The sin is getting worse. The sin is progressing. He has this weakness and he just can't help himself. And remember, he's supposed to be a judge, right? And the judge was a deliverer. He was a deliverer from injustice. He was one that was supposed to settle disputes in a just way. He was supposed to be one who maintained order and justice. And not only that, but he's a Nazarite. He's a Nazarite with the long hair from the womb. That's the reason for his strength. And as a Nazarite, he's supposed to be a symbol of consecration. That word Nazarite means separated. One separated unto God by a vow. 
And he's supposed to be a symbol of being set apart, of being clean, of being holy. Remember the angel of the Lord says to the mother and to the father, be careful, please be careful. He's supposed to be brought up as this Nazarite who's separated and a sign of holiness and cleanness and the best things of the Lord of Moses. And instead, he's there with a pagan woman, and not only that, but she's a harlot. The strong man is very weak in his character. Let's look what happens. Verse 2, when the Gazites, or the Gazites, were told, Samson has come here, they surrounded the place and lay in wait for him all night at the gate of the city. They were quiet all night, saying, in the morning... When it's daylight, we will kill him. And Samson lay low till midnight. Then he arose at midnight, took hold of the doors of the gate of the city, and the two gate posts, pulled them up, bar and all, put them on his shoulders, and carried them to the top of the hill that faces Hebron. This city is an important city, this Philistine city is on the crossroads uh, of the trade route between Mesopotamia and Egypt, and also that which goes down to Arabia. And it's the strong city of the Philistines. And they know him. They're starting to understand uh, Samson's weakness. And they're lying in wait for him. They're trapping him in the city to stop him. But the massive gates couldn't keep him in. You can imagine how they must have looked when they saw him grab those big gates, those large city gates, lift them up, lift up the posts that held them, and carry them on his shoulders and ran up the hill with them. Notice the outward power, and this is an important point to our study on heavenly authority. Notice the outward power that Samson had, the, the mighty power he had, because he was anointed by the Spirit of God the power, the, the miraculous power that comes with God's Holy Spirit anointing. But also notice that while he's in sin, right? This is, this is against the law. He's gone to be with a pagan harlot. While he's in sin, yet the power of God is still there upon him. Right? And it shows the patience of God and the mercy of God to his children, that Samson is a sinner, and still there's power for a time up to a certain point. And sometimes we'll see today, you'll see a minister or a servant of God that's anointed and operating under the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And you'll feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and yet there could be some serious problems in that person's life, in his or her life, there could be sin and difficulties, and yet God still will bless and anoint for a time that individual. God is gracious if for no other reason than for the ones who are being ministered to. Many times in revival meetings, people get saved, people get healed. The minister could have a lot of problems, but what he's saying is true. And so God can anoint it, if not for anything else, for the sake of those people. In this case, it's for the sake of the people Israel. He will use Samson to bring down these Philistines. Israel needs to be delivered, and Samson is the judge that God has called. But the anointing can only remain to a point. 
and then it's lost. God will anoint even in sin, but there's a certain breaking point. The reason God can't condone sin, at the point that it starts to be that by blessing Samson, God is condoning sin, then there's a breaking point. The anointing can only go so far. Otherwise, the message of holiness would be entirely lost. And unfortunately, too many people, like Samson, take it to that horribly sad point. They push the envelope. They stay, they have one foot in the Lord, and they like the blessings and the anointing of the Lord, but they like the sin, and they stay in the sin, and they push it, push it, push it to the breaking point, the horribly sad point. Because also, while God loves Samson, and God loves Israel, God is no respecter of persons. And his word is true, and his law is true, and at some point sin must be dealt with. Let's read what Samson learns from this incident. Remember, this Nazarite, this one who's supposed to be a holy man, has gone with a harlot, and he almost was trapped in, right? And also notice from this how the power of the Holy Spirit can break any trap, no prison of the enemy, no trap, no snare, no gate, not even the gates of Hades itself can stand before the power of the Holy Spirit. And God has done this miraculous delivery. And we should take heart from that, that the enemy cannot trap us in when the Spirit of God is there. The gates can be broken and we're released and we're free in the Spirit. Samson should learn from this. Samson should learn that because he sinned, he almost got himself in a terrible situation, except that the grace of God was there. But what happens? Verse 4, immediately after this, it says, Afterward, it happened that he loved a woman in the valley of Saurek, whose name was Delilah. That valley of Saurek is a valley in southern Palestine, it's the valley that contained Timnah, where his Philistine wife was from, and Zorah, where Samson was born, and Delilah, too, is a Philistine woman. So again, another, another pagan woman, and he loved her. And you start to see how Samson, for all his strength, is a foolish man. He doesn't learn from what just happened. He's going to repeat the same thing over and over. And that said, we see it so many times how people can make the same mistakes over and over again. Everyone sins, everyone makes mistakes, but we should learn from what we've done wrong and be able to seek the Lord to help us to change, that things would get better, that things would go well. But when we don't learn from what just happened, then there's sadness. A person that doesn't learn, such a one is condemned to sadness at the hands of the world. And Samson has not learned. He loves now this woman named Delilah. Verse 5, And the lords of the Philistines, so the ones with the money, the ones with the power of the enemy, they came up to her and said to her, they're becoming wiser and wiser on how to trap him. They know his weakness. And said to her, entice him and find out where his great strength lies and by what means we may overpower him, that we may bind him to afflict him. And every one of us will give you 11 
hundred pieces of silver. And every one of us will give you eleven hundred pieces of silver. And that eleven hundred pieces of silver is about twenty-eight pounds of silver. It's not hard for the Philistines to figure out how to trap Samson, and it's not hard for the devil and his demons to figure out how to trap us, how to defeat us in the area that we're what? That we're weakest in. In the area that we have sin. We could be good on 99% of the things, but that area we have not turned over to God, that thing we're weak in, just as these Philistine lords know how to get him, the devil knows how to get us. And notice, they tell her, entice him. The enticement of sin. Find him out. Find out where his great strength lies. Find out how we can overpower him. The goal of sin, the goal of enticement, the reason the enemy tempts us is to overpower us. And what is their goal? Their goal is that we may bind him to afflict him. It would be encouraging to hear from our listeners. We value your comments, and it is always a blessing to hear from our radio family, to know if the programs have helped you with your walk with the Lord. All correspondence and donations should be sent to Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. And if you will be in the Madison, Connecticut area, please join us for Sunday service. Sheer Jeshub Christian Tabernacle meets every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in the upper room of the Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane. The exit off I-95 is 61. Please join us next time for Shear Jashub.